Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, August 23rd, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Merchant Culture Writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, as is often the case on Mondays, I've got a ton of stuff to go over that has hit sure. our podcast feeds over the weekend. The first, and of course the thing that I am most excited about, um, was the review roundtable that you, Grace, and I did yeah. uh, that was released on Friday in which we talked about the back half of the Schmigadoon. Um, we, of course... The Schmigadooniverse. Uh, the Schmigadoon... Oh, Lord. The Schmigadoon uh, <laughs> uh, cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, in fact, we talked about what we thought could happen if they do decide to do a second season of Schmigadoon, although I don't know that any of us thought that it was necessary no. to do a second uh, a second season of that. But we did all like the second half of the season um, considerably more than we liked yeah. the first one, in no small part due to the phenomenal presence and talents of Ariana DeBose, who is pretty much now contractually obligated to be in every single musical theater-related thing that appears on television <laughs> or film. I've had her uh, song stuck in my head since I edited that episode. Like, it is, oh, not, really? it is not left in four days. <laughs> I couldn't remember a single lyric or note of <laughs> any fine. song in the entire series. <laughs> it's fine, but, but it's an earworm regardless. Got it. Okay, well, um, so with that is now in the podcast feed. It is only going to be in the podcast feed, or in the Patreon feed, I'm sorry. So if you want to hear our thoughts on Schmigadoon and a ton of upcoming movie musical releases, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio. Also currently only on Patreon was the latest episode of Jan Simpson's All the Drama, in which she talked about the history of Wendy Wasserstein's The Heidi Chronicles. Um, that will be available in uh, the regular feed over Labor Day weekend. And then on Sunday, this week on Broadway, saw James, Peter, and Michael talk to Douglas Carter, Bean, and Andy Einhorn. There's a really funny little bit um, in the conversation when... Uh, James asks Douglas about his new off-Broadway show, Fairy Cakes, which is getting ready uh, mm -hmm. to open off-Broadway um, uh, this fall, October 14th. He talks about um, how you can possibly get a word in edgewise with the likes of like Mo Rocca and Jackie Hoffman and Julie <laughs> enough, Halston yeah. uh, in the rehearsal room. And Douglas rightly reminds him. That in addition to those three, you also have Brooks Ashmanskis and Anne Harada uh, in the cast as well. A blessing. Yeah, and he just talks about how funny and talented as comedians they are, but also yeah. what wonderful actors they are as well. Um, so that, of course, hit the Patreon feed first and is now available in the regular feed. I've got one more for you, too. Oh, what's that? So we're about to talk about it in a second, but Passover opened on Sunday, and Grace has already seen the show, and I will be seeing the show on Tuesday. Tuesday night, which wild. I can't wrap my head around that yet. So on Wednesday morning, we are going to be recording a special bonus review oh, episode awesome. for Patreon that will probably go out maybe Thursday or Friday, but it will be some point this week. Also on patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. Nicely done. I did not know you were doing that. That's yeah. fantastic. I work quick. Well, <laughs> yeah, you do. All right. Well, let's get into the Passover of it all, because as you said on Sunday night, just hours before we started recording... The very first actual legit, no offense meant to the boss, <laughs> he'll Broadway survive, production. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'll be fine. Um, but um, <laughs> the first Broadway production of this new era that we are in officially opened. And that, of course, is Antoinette Chinonye Nwandu's Passover, directed by da Dania Tamor. 
it stars a three-person cast um, that includes um, John Michael Hill as Moses, Namir Smallwood as Kitch, and Gabriel Ebert as Mr. Slash Ossifer. Um, we knew that these reviews would be good, and for the most part, they yeah. even exceeded my expectations. First up for the New York Times, Jesse Green. I guess they have not yet found another um, Broadway critic to join nah, him since uh, Ben Brantley retired. Uh, I mean, this is the first show, yeah, so I mean, I, yeah, that's fine. Um, but he wrote, quote, In rewriting for Broadway, Nwandu has gone even further. Not only has she decided to push the play past tragedy into something else, but she has also also, in its last 10 minutes, let its innate surrealism fully flower in a daring and self-consciously theatrical way. Somehow, Nwandu gives us the recognition of horror that has informed drama since the Greeks, while also providing the relief of joy, however irrational, that calls to mind the ecstasies of gospel, splatter flicks, and classic musicals, all of which are sampled. There's been a lot of discussion about the fact that this does have a new ending yeah, since it was last yeah. seen off-Broadway and originally in Chicago. And I believe this is streaming, too, either on Broadway HD or, or Amazon Prime mm. or something like that. So if you watch that version, there is a new ending for this, which is sounds just fantastic. Uh, Christian Lewis, writing for Broadway World, wrote, quote, During the shutdown, there was a great deal of conversation about how Broadway needs to change. Passover is the embodiment of of that change. It is exactly what Broadway needs to be. If we can follow the lead of this production, Broadway can pass over into something different, something better, something more equitable and diverse, something more political. If Broadway is to survive, it must keep up with the times. Passover offers a model of how it can do that. It is an extraordinary beacon, a proof that, in Moses' word, this shit's changing now, mm -hmm. Moses, of course, as I mentioned, the character that John Michael Hill plays. Mm -hmm. Finally, uh, Chris Jones, writing for the Daily News, was a little less excited about it. He wrote, quote, uh, Dania Tamor's production is well acted by all three cast members. Smallwood, in particular, achieves some truly haunting moments late in the play. Still, you're often left wondering how real these characters are intended to be. It's tough to perform symbols, and the show struggles with specificity, especially Especially in the difficult scenes with the cop, the Gabriel Ebert Ossifer mm. uh, character. The show in general could do to trust more that its message is coming through loud and clear. Mm. Um, despite those slight knocks, pretty much, Ashley, all of the reviews, and I'm assuming will be fairly similar from both you and Grace, um, are, are truly fantastic. And this is a wonderful way to reopen Broadway and uh, shows that their gamble to... Um, move up the opening night yeah. uh, probably paid off and hopefully does well for the bottom line for the show too <sighs> how nice it is to have a broadway opening <laughs> like that like i said that's still very bizarre to me that we're actually reading reviews for an opening night for the first totally. time in so long and it's, it, honestly it's a very emotional thing and i'm i'm so thrilled in so many ways to see this show garner the reviews it seems like it's deserved. I've read interviews, um, Nwanda before this opened and s seemed fairly anxious about rewriting the ending, which I get because it's a big thing to transfer to Broadway, but I think also just wanting to stick the landing. And it seems like that was the case. Uh, very exciting. I can't wait to see this. I honestly think this was the best possible thing that they could have opened. Broadway with. Um, 
And as Christian said in their review, especially with everything that we've talked about over the past year with Black Lives Matter and wanting to change Broadway to become more equitable, like this is the way I want to see Broadway return. So I am just delighted to see it get, you know, these reviews. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think one of the things that um, a lot of people, myself included, have been a little bit concerned about has been the fact that we are seeing such a um, a deluge of Black-led plays, um, especially in yeah. this fall season. I'm a, I was a little concerned that because of the rise in the Delta variant that they might not all actually get to open no, and they were sure. kind of being let out as a sacrificial lamb. And that might still be the case I was for say, anything that's still opening. Very possibly could happen. Totally. And, and, and you know, there's I still I still feel a little anxious about the fact that they've opened a week early for that to possibly be the case. Like I'm glad that they've gotten in because we could very well have another abbreviated season. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. I but it just makes me glad that for whatever the reason is, whether it was to get you know, maybe kind of kickstart the box office or whether sure. it was just that things have gone so well. I'm just happy that this show got a chance to open and 100%. it wasn't a casualty of another shutdown. So um, I don't think unless they extend that I'm going to get a chance to see this because mm. uh, I don't plan on coming in until after the scheduled closing date. Um, but I'm so, so thrilled for all of the people, including some of our friends who are involved with this production mm-hmm. and um, very excited for all of these fantastic reviews. All right, Ashley, let's real quick take a break to talk about our sponsors for this week over at Upstart. As we've been talking about, no one really knows what's going to happen with the rise in the Delta variant coming up uh, over this fall, especially as the, uh, the temperatures get colder. Viruses spread a little more quickly. So if you are already stressed out about how the past year and a half of the pandemic has impacted your financials, now is the perfect time to get yourself on better ground by going to Upstart so that they can help you get back your footing and get things back on track. No matter what your financial situation is, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. As we talked about in the past, they know more than just your credit score. They are looking at your income, your current employment, and they're using that to find a smarter rate for your loan. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You receive your funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. I think that's pretty damn fast, if you ask me. I I didn't, but I agree with you. Thanks. Um, (laughs) Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Broadway. That's upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash Broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash Broadway. Unfortunately, Ashley, we have some bad news to come out of the break with. As over the weekend, we learned that the legendary performer and theater writer Mickey Grant has died. With her iconic show, Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope, Grant became the first woman to win a Grammy for a Broadway score uh, and its subsequent Mm. album. She also received Tony nominations for Book music, and lyrics for Your Arms Too Short to Box with God, and another nomination for her work on the kind of the Stephen Schwartz group-led score for Working. If you don't don't know her songs from that show, they are amazing, and some of the best songs in that entire show, which 
It's one of my favorite shows. Um, she wrote Love and Al, If I, if I Could Have Been, and Cleaning Women, all bangers. Um, she also wrote 15 other theatrical shows. Um, she directed for the theater. And even though I don't watch this show or didn't watch this show, she became the first black contracted player on a daytime soap opera, which means that she was a series regular on a soap. That's what that means for soap mm. operas. Um, when she played uh, Peggy Nolan on Another World for seven years. In her life, she was awarded with an Obie Award, an NAACP Image Award, a Drama Desk, Outer Critics Circle Award, as well as the National Black Theater Festival's Living Legend Award and the Sidney Potier Lifelong Achievement Award. Grant was also the 2012 recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Dramatists Guild of America. Mm. She died over the weekend at the age of 80. Um, our thoughts, as always, go out to everybody who knew and loved her as a person and Absolutely. as a performer and playwright. Godspeed, Miss Grant. Absolutely. I was surprised, at least based on that description, she had Tony nominations but never won a Tony. Is that correct yeah never never won a tony but but was Very surprising on working alone which is i agree with you excellent it's a great show and and uh uh really a really a, a sad tragic loss there. yeah definitely all right ashley we have other crappy news to continue uh, the show with <laughs> on friday off broadway's signature theater announced that they would be postponing the start of their season just weeks and oh. maybe less than a couple weeks after announcing it due to the increased spread of the covid delta variant annie baker's intimate life was to open the season in early october but it has been postponed the signature informed members and ticket buyers that they will be in touch when it is eventually rescheduled but no actual date has been announced. The next signature show that is currently on the schedule is Anna DeVere Smith's Twilight Los Angeles 1992, but that's also set for an October opening. Yeah. It's actually supposed to be October 12th, so we don't know if that's going to hold or if maybe that gets pushed back, but surprised. we will obviously... Yeah, I, I, we'll keep you updated. The interesting thing about the way that their se season is, um, is spread out, after Twilight Los Angeles 1992, the next show isn't scheduled gap. to happen. Yeah, it's, it's not starting until February 22nd. Yeah. That's Dominique Mauricio's Confederates. Um, mm. So if they decided to push everything back to the spring, I, you know, that would obviously be terrible and another blow to the theater season and community, but it would be a fairly easy thing to do if they wanted to layer those things. Definitely. Um, in, in the first part of 2022. Mm -hmm. All right. Sticking with stuff that we wish we didn't have to talk about. Mm. Uh, I don't want to take any credit for this, Ashley, but in a Page Six exclusive, Alice Ripley essentially did what I said that she would do last ah. week and apologized to fans who had their feelings hurt that she did not mm. invest in them as much as they invested in her, but denied that she ever did anything that would rise to the level of grooming or manipulation. The Tony winner said, quote, It is a misinterpretation of my actions to say I manipulated anyone, and more shockingly that there was abuse. Yet, here we are on this slippery slope because terms like grooming are being thrown around. To be accused of this most vile thing of which I am innocent is crushing. Now, actually, tangentially, I have mm. a rule to never trust anyone that uses the term slippery slope Fair unless enough. they are talking about an actual icy hill. <laughs> but... 
I mean, because that is a slippery and slope, that and, felt, that, and that's that felt, fine. That felt, I don't know if you'll understand this reference, but that felt very Le- Lemony Snicket of you, and I appreciated uh, it. I don't, uh, I know of Lemony Snicket, okay. but I don't know anything beyond it was good. that. But, I liked it. I appreciated it a lot. There you go. <laughs> um, but despite that fact, this was pretty much what I predicted that she would say, and yet it is still a really, really poorly executed yeah. statement slash apology. Not surprised in the slightest, and that's all I have to say about that. I mean, she's obviously doing as little as she can here and simultaneously as most as she can do here uh, to avoid staying in hot water, I guess. Yeah. And uh, after (laughs) we're going to transition into a Laura Osnes related story here, so I'll make this transition easy. (laughs) Last week or whenever it was when Laura Osnes released her three page notes Instagram apology. Yeah, right. um, The... Uh, Broadway press agency, The Grapevine. Oh my God, Uh, yes. It was so funny. Um, So good. uh, Molly and Chelsea are uh, iconic. They just released something with no, they made no connection to Laura, but just said, this is why um, (laughs) press reps are important or something like that. This is why we have publicists, something along the lines. Yeah, like that. And then then add like a vaccine emoji. Yeah, exactly. That. These are reasons why they really should talk to their publicists, mm-hmm. unless they've unless they've been dropped by their publicists. But that's who knows. very possible. All right, moving on to that other theatrical controversy of the last few weeks. On Friday, it was announced that Laura Osnes would be replaced, as we predicted, in the upcoming Disney Princess M Dash the Concert Tour by Broadway's Anastasia Christie Altamar. Christie had already been scheduled to replace Osnes for dates between January and April of 2022, um, but she will now fill the gap throughout the tour. She will be joining the full-time other princesses, Susan Egan, Courtney Reed, and Aisha Jackson. And apparently on the website, they also have a number of other folks that are going to be coming in and out, including Ariel Jacobs, Cindy Winters, and Annalise Vanderpool. Mm. Um, for you uh, Ravens House fans out there, um, the tour kicks off on November 1st in Macon, Georgia, and I have tickets for my uh, for my niece on November 9th oh, in Orlando. very nice. Make sure yeah. you wear masks and <laughs> yeah, I'm not going, but um, but uh, she and her dad and some other folks will. Anyway, um, and while and while speaking with the Telegraph last week, Ben Platt revealed that there will be a number of changes to the Dear Evan Hansen film as it transitions from stage to screen. There will be a revised ending in uh, in which the film will attempt to hold Evan more accountable for his actions okay. than he gets off completely scot free, pretty much in the stage version. Yeah, um, and. And there will be two new songs. The first will be called Anonymous Ones, and it will be sung by the character Alana, which will be played by Amanda mm. Stenberg. Uh, the second, which does not have a name that was uh, given by Platt in the interview, will be sung by Colton Ryan, uh, who is playing uh, Connor in the mm. film. So uh, I, you know, I'm a, a big Pascal and Paul fan, even though Dear Evan Hansen mm-hmm. is not my favorite of their shows. So if you're going to give me a couple new songs... I'm, I'm down with that. I'll take it, and I'll take that new ending, too. I was like, is do they need I mean, they need a new ending, but also, like, the, the ending is not the most egregious part of that show. So I'm glad they're at least rewriting it to seemingly hold him more accountable for the rest of totally. the things that happened over the past two hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, real quick, since we've had such a dearth of crappy oh, news, other than, other than the uh, Passover reviews, yeah. which were fantastic, we're going to do a couple feel-good recommendations coming from Disney Theatrical. The first one um, came to us from the Broadway company of The Lion King, who looks like they're holding rehearsals in the 
lobby of the Minskoff Theater, which I don't know if it was mm-hmm. just because it was the first one and they wanted a really big space. Maybe. Uh, yeah. But as we saw from the London company of the show, they performed uh, the Circle of Life together, and it was incredibly emotional. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, Julie Taymor, the director, and the aunt, I believe, of uh, Dania Taymor, who is the director of Passover, um, was there as well. And everybody looked super emotional and uh, very grateful uh, to be there. There's some photos of of Julie just really loving it. And the cast was all in on the uh, performance. And then we have a similar um, version of that with the touring cast of Frozen singing for the first time in forever. For the first time in forever. (laughs) See what I did there. Um, So very exciting. Um, I love these things. I will watch any and all of these types of videos as shows get back to rehearsal. Um, The Lion King will resume performances on September 14th on the Minskoff Theater. And just a few days before that, Frozen will begin performances at um, uh, in Buffalo at the Shays Theater in Buffalo. Uh, Yeah, on September 10th, I believe our own theater. Like yes, the, the the Fox Theater the in Fox Atlanta would like great. to have a word. The Fox is great. I have been to both and Shays many more times. <laughs> okay, um, I believe our own Grace Aki will be at the first performance of Frozen yes. on tour on September 10th. So, very fun. Bring on all of these first rehearsal videos. I will eat them all. Indeed. Up. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can the folks find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. Don't forget, Ashley and Grace will have a special two-person review roundtable. I guess it doesn't need to be round if there's only two of you. Just a review table (laughs) um, in which they talk about Passover later this week. And you can get that if you head over to Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. Have a wonderful Monday. Have a wonderful week. And we will be back to talk to you tomorrow.